Relative Pitch Summer Spotlight Series. We are joined today with the amazing, fabulous Kevin Day. Oh my gosh. Um, We joke about being booked and busy, but oh my gosh, this is the actual definition of being busy. Kevin, how are you? How are you doing? I'm doing much better now. I I've I've officially kind of settled um like like here in Miami, but for the past month and a half it's been just insane. Absolutely insane. I feel like I'm that there's like a meme where it's like a dog who's in the kitchen and like everything's on fire around him and he's just sitting there just like everything's fine. Like that that's that's been my life for the last like two months. It's been wild, so yeah, and you had to move. Uh, first of all, congratulations on now you're at University of Miami getting your yes. doctorate degree. It's going to be Doctor Day. Doctor. Doctor. Right. Respect on the name. Respect on the name. So, like, first, tell us um, your experience at UGA, and yes. now going to Miami. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so my last um, semester at UGA went very well and um, had a lot of different concerts. I was teaching as well, and I was also trying to figure out where I was um, going to end up going um, for my um, for my doctoral program. And so um, after making that choice and everything, and after graduating, I just got to enjoy being in Athens for a few weeks and uh, not being very busy. And, and then that's kind of when things got crazy is like the beginning of June is when like a lot began to happen. I had a recording session for two days that I had to do in um, Atlanta because I play jazz piano for this um, group called the Steve Terry Project. So we recorded a full record over the span of two days um, basically 10 hour, 10 hour sessions for both of those days, had a few breaks in there, but I did that before I did that. I was in Virginia. I had a premiere in Richmond with the chamber music society of central Virginia for a few days. So I was up there, then went to Atlanta, then had to move right after that. So before, (laughs) so I'm trying to put all this into perspective before I left for any of that, I had to pack clean and everything, my entire apartment to move. I left everything in my car, parked at the airport. And so basically I went to Richmond, did that, came back, drove to Atlanta, did the recording session, everything's still in the car. And the next day I got up, (laughs) drove, began the drive from Atlanta to Miami, Florida, did that over two days, and I finally made it here. So that was crazy in itself. And then while all that was happening, that's also when I heard about my grandmother passing, So, which was something very unexpected expected and um, just had to plan for that as well go to do that go to be at the be at the funeral and everything and then um, just came back from Texas for the fourth weekend where I had a premiere with the Fort Worth Symphony and now I'm finally home so it's just like it's been just like here there back and forth left and right like it's been insane so I'm glad now I get a little bit of a break before my next adventure happens and before um school um before school begins in August so I have a question so for our uh maybe audience members who may not understand exactly what goes into a doctoral or a doctorate in like Mm -hmm. arts specifically like are you going for composition yes so tell us like especially for people who may not understand exactly our field and how that works. 
Like, what are you expecting to gain out of going to get your doctorate in composition? So it's 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 really supposed to help me to refine um, my compositional technique as well as also give me teaching experience and help me to be uh, um, to be a better teacher because that's ultimately what I want to do is is to hopefully get a gig as a university professor one day in composition or or theory or both or something like that. So so I'm taking courses that are going to help me with teaching that are going to help me to improve on my uh, my music theory, my music history, like all of that. And so um, basically I'm taking courses in that, but it's not a whole lot of classes. It's, it's actually 10 hours, which is like, which is like super small. Um, but I have to do a dissertation and I have to write a piece basically of like, I think half an hour to 45 minutes of music. It can be any kind of instrumentation. And then I have to defend that dissertation in order to, um, to qualify to be a candidate to receive the DMA. So it's a, it's, it's a long process and I'm already preparing now kind of what that's going to look like and what my dissertation is going to be and all this other stuff. So I'm thinking about all this while everything else in my life <laughs> professionally is happening and everything. So it, luckily though, there's no rush. Like I'm going to be here in Miami for um, four years. And so that'll give me enough time to do all of this. So by the time I'm 29, basically I'll have, uh, hopefully I'll, I'll be graduating with my doctorate in composition. Under 30 club. Under 30, oh but also you said something, it was like an hour, 45 to an hour of your music. Don't you already got that? Right. Like, don't, don't you, you already have like- No, I'm not that. <laughs> right. The, the longest piece. <laughs> So the longest piece I've written is the Concerto for Wind Ensemble, and that's about 25 minutes of music. So it's going even beyond that piece. Oh, um, so I actually haven't written a piece that long. So it's it's about um, planning and mapping and all that stuff. And kind of uh, what I have in mind is it's actually going to be a choral symphony composition. I'm writing a piece for choir and orchestra, and uh, I'll have more details about that hopefully in the next year. But that's kind of where my head is as far as what I want to do for that. I'm here for that. Yeah, yeah, look, we might have to take a trip down to Miami. It's three hours from me. Y'all are all more than welcome to come down here. Yes. I will. Okay. Um, I want to say congratulations. And I loved your brass quintet piece. I Thank was, you. I watched it. And I said, this man really likes to compose fast like this. And then Enigma, you wrote for Jen Fox, Dr. Jen Fox Oliverio. I was like, yeah. these typos are a little bit above my fingers. But I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, talking about tempos, it's crazy because I write tempos that are like, I don't know why I do this. Like I write tempos higher than, than I know it's going to sound. Just because I probably just because I grew up like in Texas and my like marching band, we marched at like 172, 168, 184. Like tempo's way the way way up there. So yeah. it's just like so I realize though when I hear my pieces play, I'm just like, I know not everyone's gonna take it that tempo. It's probably gonna be a little bit under. And I've just I, I've just gotten comfortable with that. But but in my head I always hear things a lot quicker in terms of time for some reason. So Yeah. Yeah. So Speaking about, because you, you talked about how for your DMA, you're going to actually have to compose a piece. Are you already doing a lot of commissions and everything right now? Because if, going like, you know, having you as a friend on Facebook is crazy, first of all. Yeah. Because every day, 
gets put up there. Like, tell us, I've been seeing so many premieres of your works that have been happening and just so many performances and all these commissions. So tell us about like all the major things that have been happening within the past year for you. Oh yeah, I mean, the past year has been just unbelievable in terms of just all the opportunities and all the things that have been happening. I've, I've had works performed by major symphony orchestras, which is a thing that I really didn't ever see happening in my life. And to see that kind of happen where it's like, okay, the Boston Symphony did a piece and then Detroit and then Tulsa and then Fort Worth. And then just, and there's so many more that are even happening that are scheduled to happen in a few years from now. It's, it's, it's just, that's a world I didn't think I would really break into. And, and, and so now I think because of these other performances that have happened, that's opened up those kinds of opportunities as well. For the wind band world, it's been a lot of like, like small chamber pieces and the concerto for wind ensemble and all of that. And so getting the support <clears throat> now from like many directors to write these pieces, I mean, that's been a blessing too. And so it's honestly, it looked like I, I try not to share too much. I feel like sometimes I when I post like something, I'm like, okay, maybe maybe I should wait a few days before I should. Because yeah, there, there's, I, I have, I have lists and lists and lists of things that I could share, but I'm just like, okay, maybe I, 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 I'm trying to be, be strategic about how I do that. Just, just because it's just so it's not constant. Like this is good, like, this is happening. This is happening. And this is happening. So, so I'm trying to learn that. And I, I think that's the hard part about like social media is, is just like, <laughs> I don't want to share too much, but also I don't want to share too little, like right. nothing's going on. So that's, that's kind of what I'm trying to, figure out is like how how to how to like find a balance in that i honestly mm -hmm. like never i love seeing friends colleagues people who i've met along the way of my journey i love seeing their accomplishments mm -hmm. so for me all i'm seeing is like oh my gosh like kept, oh my gosh oh my gosh like every yeah. day it's just like oh my gosh but it's amazing because first of all <clears> it's it and is. so it's never a problem if we know how your music and your work speaks for itself. And obviously all these other people and these programs and symphony orchestras are seeing that as well. I will never get tired of it. This is true. <laughs> never get tired yeah, of it. True. We've officially become part of your fan club. Uh, yes. Uh, <laughs> Uh, oh, so we are always saying Kevin Day, Kevin Day, Kevin Day. Seriously. Um, and so like we are, um, we are presenting at GMA next year. And no, your name is going to come up oh um, in this session of like, these are the composers you need to be playing in your ensembles. Yes. And so wow. we, we just love what you are doing. Um, now, wow. what, uh, what drove you to Miami? I know you probably, I'm pretty sure you have... So many people like come to my school, come do composition. What what was you know about Miami that you was like I want to go here? You know, so it it initially wasn't a place that I was like that was on my radar at first, um, but I had known about the school for a while, and then I also had some connections there through uh, one of my. Uh, mentors who's a wonderful composer as well um valerie coleman i mean she she had been putting this like thing in my ear like oh you should come to miami she's gonna i'm like we'll see you know i'm looking at options so she's been putting this in my head for a while and um when it came time to apply i being like the nervous anxious wreck that i can be sometimes i applied for everything like months in advance i applied for every school 
in like October, like early October, because I'm like, I'm getting on the ball now. I'm not dealing with the stress. Because yeah. when I when I applied for my master's, I waited until the last possible minute to apply, and I was a wreck. So right, so I, so I feel that. But um, I didn't apply to Frost initially because I they they used to require the the GRE test for the Frost School, and so I, because of my schedule, I didn't you know, I couldn't take the GRE. So I talked to Valerie and I was like, so um, is, do y'all still require that? And she, she actually told me like, no, like we're, we're not requiring it this year because of COVID, you should really apply. So I was like, okay. So I got my application in and then went through the process of interviewing at all these places and then all that. And it, what drew me to, to Miami, I think is one, I, with me being a jazz piano player, as well as a composer, I wanted to be in a place where I could really do both well and I could really plug into the jazz community as well as into the composition um, new music world there too and I also wanted to move to a major city because I've never lived in a major city before um, so Miami seemed like a really great choice and I also have some wonderful colleagues who are who already teach there who already went to school there and just just from what I was told it just seemed like a really open-minded place with a lot of opportunities with a lot of great things happening so i it was a difficult choice i had some really great uh, um, schools on the radar but ultimately i think miami is uh has was was the best choice for me to make mm. nice uh you're gonna love miami i'm pretty sure you're already enjoying miami yes uh, i am <laughs> yeah, yeah. it is honestly one of my favorite places in the world to visit so yeah I will, I, like I said, I'm gonna keep saying it until you, till I show up at your door. I'm gonna be there. Oh my gosh! I'm okay. gonna be there. I'm gonna catch, okay. catch a catch flight. Catch a flight. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Like, to all those amazing <laughs> premieres and uh, all the pieces you're writing right now, what are? I think I saw something about a residency program that you you got selected for. Is it in Santa Cruz? Yes. Yeah. So I got selected for the Harassi residence artist program which is like i applied to this like in like spring 2019 so and i haven't heard nothing about this you know for like two years so i thought okay maybe i didn't get in was rejected okay so i'd forgotten about it um but i got the acceptance um a couple months ago and then um just when, when i heard about this program i applied to this residency because it's very much it, it deals with like this bringing in people from other like mediums, whether that's like doctors or artists or, you know, scientists or whatever, bringing all these people together to create these works of art and bringing their expertise to that particular um, place. And so I was like, okay, this sounds really cool. I could collaborate with like people in film, I collaborate with dancers or whatever. I mean, so it's, it's a really nice residency in, um, in California, in the mountains, it's kind of off the grid. And, uh, I've wanted to do something like that for a while because I had another experience like that with the Gabriella Lena Frank Creative Academy, where I got off the grid for like a few days and it honestly changed my life because I got to unplug from everything. I, I, I wasn't getting emails and calls and all this other stuff. Like my life was, was just like, I'm here at this place, I'm composing, I'm learning, I'm enjoying the scenery, 
I get to go see some deer once in a while. I, I'd never seen a deer before. And I was like, man, what is that? Like I saw one coming out the front and I looked at that and I was like, we don't got those in Texas. So I was just, <laughs> I was loving it. So, so yeah, I'm really excited to get to do this um, residency next year. And um, it, it'll also be good just to disconnect from everything because I know like <clears throat> currently my schedule is pretty much filling up <laughs> for, for this next school year. I'm going to be traveling a lot more, getting back out there. So it'll be nice to have this time, you know, away from everything once the school year's over to be able to just to relax, to compose, to, to collaborate. So. Mm -hmm. um, so with your busy schedule, <clears throat> amazingly busy, awesome. Is there downtime you're putting for yourself to be like, you know, <laughs> I love all of you, but I'm going to need me at least 30 minutes of me time. Yeah. Like how do you yes. balance your schedule and your school schedule, composing schedule, jazz piano schedule and your self schedule? Yeah, it's, it's a work in progress. I am learning like to take some time like each day just to, you know, to disconnect from everything. I think what helps me is just to turn my phone off. So like, so like a lot of times at night, I'll just turn it off and I won't deal with Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Um, I'll just turn it off for the, for the night. I'll turn off the notifications on my iPad or wh whatever can make noise to tell me that someone's trying to reach out to me. <laughs> I'll just be like, okay, turn it off. See you tomorrow. I'll do it tomorrow. Um, and so I try to do that every night, give myself maybe like two or three hours where I can read, where I can meditate, where I can, um, you know, play video games or whatever. I mean, just, just having that time away from everything. And so that's, that's been helping me a lot. I just need to be more consistent with it because I'm also like a night owl. So like, I love writing at nighttime <laughs> too. So it's, it's everything about my life has become this, like how to balance equation kind of thing how do i do this and so that's a it's a work in progress i think so what do you do for fun oh i love look i i love to swim i love to go to clubs i love to to hang with friends i love to play video games i read um i know how to ride bikes i need to get a bike you know give me some exercise some cardio that'd be nice yeah. um but just like things like that like i love um that kind of uh, uh, those kinds of things, and um, as well as just like hanging out with people I care about. When when I when I went home to Texas this past week, I got to see some old friends and see my family and everything, and so that was good. Just just to be able to just reconnect with some people I haven't seen in a while. So yeah, all that also, you get in this bike in Miami, just be ready to switch your behind <laughs> off. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know the part in Texas you're from, because I was just in Austin a couple weeks ago, and I walked outside, and it was I'm sweating. Um, <laughs> uh, but Miami is the same way, and um, just more human, right? Yeah, yeah. Invest in one of those little portable fans, the Mister, <laughs> because that's yes. what you need. That's yes, what you need. Um, oh, yeah. too much. It's too much. Yeah. Too much. Lord, it just sounds yeah. So you've had so much, um, so many accomplishments, like just within this past year, that's, I mean, did you expect, you know, from COVID for all these things, do you think COVID had any effect on all the situations that you've been in? Do you think it would have been different if we weren't in the situations that we were in? You know, I'm, I'm not too sure. I think 
what I can say is like COVID had an effect on, I think just my production because normally I I do write quickly, but COVID when we were under lockdown last year, I just I was un like unmotivated to do anything for a while, and then I would write a piece and be like, okay, I think I got it, and then like, nope, we're back down about down in the dumps again, and so I was dealing with this roller coaster of like you know, super like, like highly productive moments. And then like moments where I was like depressed and just like, nah, and you know, everything kind of, kind of is, is bad right now. And all that stuff. So like that, 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 that was me just, just roller coasters of emotions. I feel like, you know, last year, but with all the opportunities, um, I'm just grateful that I had opportunities to be able to still compose and to be able to write for people um, even given the, 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 the COVID um, situation. So it was really a blessing. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Um, and for me, cause I mean, none of us are, comp- I think we've all are maybe arranged something. Yeah, no original thought in. Right, no original thought. <laughs> Now, I would yeah. get your piece and do all the things, but child, I'll post a twinkle twinkle with some jazz chords. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, That's hip. That's hip. None of us like, have that comp- like, composition bone in our body. And so, like, it's always interesting to me to talk to composers because, you know, I'm thinking creative pro because it always seems it always is kind of like oh it feels like that would be a fun process but I know it's challenging whenever you're going and you're starting from scratch and you're like okay what I what do I want to write like what do I want to express how do I want to express it and so for like someone who again for maybe audience members who are not who are not maybe even aware that composition was truly a whole route to go through for music um how what's your process in trying to create new music and you know just give us like an insight to how how the that usually goes for you yeah so i think what helps me is like i'm listening to music about 90 percent of the time i'm listening to music all of the time whether that's um classical jazz rap pop whatever like i'm listening to all sorts of things and because i'm trying to make sure i like stay in tune with what's happening with the kind of music that's happening now and i guess that in turn just do awesome most is that 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 really helps me to to sort of get new ideas for what i want to do and so um you know we talked about in the last podcast like like my my influences and and all of the the music that I grew up on and you know all the music I still listen to now and it's just yeah I I try to stay as as informed as possible and and then when it comes to the actual process like I hear things in full score so if I get an idea for something I already know what instruments it's going to be for you know what it looks like what it sounds like so my process is just getting it onto the page as quickly as possible and then sort of through composing the whole thing thing like basically composing and thinking about what I'm composing as I'm going left to right up and down. <laughs> That's basically been my process, except it's really fast. So, and then once I do that, then I go back and say, okay, how can I revise it? How can I change it? You know, what are some things? Can I better like communicate what I want to say in a, maybe in another way than what I previously written. So that's kind of what my process is. It's like I'm listening all the time. I write down ideas. 
as much as I can. Um, I'm not the kind of person to sing into a phone and then try to like, you know, compose, cause I will sing something into my phone and then, you know, nighttime will come and I'll listen to it and I'll be like, what was the context of this? Like, what I don't understand what I was thinking. Like, and I'll just be like, this just sounds like me randomly singing into my phone, and then I get mad, and, and, and then I want to throw my phone against the wall. So, <laughs> you know, Charlie Puth, he does that. Like, mm-hmm. I've seen him try to create a song, and literally, his voice memos is nothing but songs. And I was like, Mm-mm, can't be me. I'd be like, raw <laughs> notes, sliding, everything. Like, yeah. right. Yeah. So, uh, yes, yeah, so I can't do that. But, but but yeah, that's that's kind of how my process works for that kind of stuff. And like one thing that you you just said, and which I love that you said, staying in tune with what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like I think, and that's why your music is really hitting with you know the people nowadays is because it is something familiar, um, as opposed to some pieces where it's like, well, that was fifty years ago. We're you know sticking to the same things. I love that you said you are staying in tune with what's going on. So who are the people that you are listening to currently um, to keep you on it? Yeah. So I mean, I if if I had to go in like my uh, Spotify playlist, like I've been like the past few things I've been li- like listening to. I've been listening to a lot of Ty of the Creator, a lot of Olivia Rodrigo, a lot of uh, Jake Cole. Um, and, and then on the indie side, I'm listening to like the Paper Kites and um, and S. Carey and like things like that. Yeah. Um, I also love, um, what is the singer I listen to? Oh yeah, Her. I'm a huge fan of Her, huge, huge fan of, um, just all sorts of stuff, like the, that. Uh, just kind of remembering um, Isaiah Rashad, Kendrick Lamar, like all that kind of stuff. So, like, so that's the kind of stuff I just just listen to, just just for fun. Yeah. But it it does in turn help me to sort of hear what what's being written right now and, and what's being created. So mm-hmm. I like that, and you write fast. Like, what is the fastest piece you've ever written? Hmm. Um. <laughs> let's see since most uh, i would say for band pieces i'll just I'll, I'll do that the fastest wind band piece i've written was um dancing fire and that was two weeks oh. that was two weeks of time yeah. um non-band pieces the quickest i've written things is like three days oh, three wow. days okay. so Right, deadline. We need a piece now. Go, go. Oh my gosh. Oh wow, that's um, crazy. I was wondering, you touched on the process with Lauren earlier. What's your process of exploring new colors in different ensembles and out of regular ensembles that we hear every day? It's like pulling out and extracting new colors, different colors, to make it work for your pieces. Awesome question. Yeah, I think for me, I've been exploring recently with like, in my recent works, mostly, I've always used like, octaves, whenever I write pieces, I always have like, things in octaves. And I think I'm getting better now at not only using octaves, but also using higher, like having like higher 
like tessitura with instruments with like lowest like and sort of playing with these these extremes of sound where it's just like you have a pickle and tuba playing the same crazy line and then you have like things you wouldn't like normally put together i've also been thinking about mutes using like more things with like brass mutes um having these like swells and you know things like that um extended techniques just abroad and then I think I'm just getting better now at like I'm I'm thinking a lot more about how I approach like mixed meter passages like if I'm gonna have like something that's like three four to seven eight to seven sixteen to four four like some crazy thing like that I can I'm getting better at creating a through line to where you can't even tell what's happening but it all s sounds like it's together so I I feel like I'm grasping mixed meter changes and all that. Um, so that, that's just a little bit of kind of what I've been exploring. Um, I'm here for that. Yeah. Mm. So like where now we're in, a, <laughs> I think we're coming out of a post transitionatory era, I think for the world. Um, and yeah. a lot of times we see in, I think not even just music, like history and politics specifically, but just like world history and politics that after major things like what we just went through happened, there's a lot yeah. of art that comes from that because I think art truly does reflect the times that we're yeah. in. It reflects things that have gone on, even in you know tragedy and you know unfortunate situations. So do we do we expect like a surge of art to come out of this era? I mean, I kind of I'm already seeing it. Like I'm already seeing so much being a, from yeah. this time. And like so for you within your field. Are you currently seeing that and what do you expect to see now that we are at this point? Yeah, I've definitely been seeing it. And, um, you know, I, I've also written a few pieces <clears throat> that I've had to deal with the events of the last uh, year and a half or so. And yeah, like I, in my field, I mean, compositions, yeah, there, there's a lot of compositions being written about this time we're in right now. And like you said, I mean, as I feel like as artists, we 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 do reflect what's happening, you know, while we're living through it, and that that whatever we're living through definitely has an effect on what we create as artists. And so, definitely, that happened to me, you know, <clears throat> when I was writing more than words and the requiem for the unarmed, you know, dealing with the the the. George Floyd and Breonna Taylor, um, Breonna Taylor situation as well, and and even my you know this choral symphony piece that's going to touch on a topic that is going to be you know a bit more personal to me and you know this time we're in right now as well. So I just feel like yeah, like as artists, we're what we create is definitely like has to do with I think what's what's happening, and in turn, I just hope these pieces that are being written you know, give comfort to the artist or give comfort to the listener in some way, or even just makes them like question or, or like ask questions about kind of what's happening and how can we address this? Yeah, oh, wow. I, I, love I, that. I do, I really, mm -hmm. um, and just to touch on some of that, when you write these pieces, do you have like a team where you're like, hey, can you sing this for me? Can you play this for me? Because um, I know, especially with the piece that you're, you're writing now, you are really experiencing, um, you know, choral works. Um, two questions. Have you already like <laughs> choirs before? Yeah. Yes, oh. I have. Okay. It, so 
I have a couple of choral works that have been recorded, and uh, one was was um, you know written for my now um, partner, and I, I wrote that piece whenever we were. Well, that was 2015, and so yeah, so I, I I've written for choir, and but I haven't really gone back to it, and it's it's a thing I've missed because before I was in band or any of that stuff, or even playing as a jazz pianist, I was a choral student. I was you know I was singing as a kid, you know, kindergarten through sixth grade. I was in choir, so I feel like I've always had this like pulling and this love for choral music, you know, that comes from my childhood. Um, but as, as far as for like the team of people to help me, yes, I have a lot of people that I'd like to reach out to, like, depending on what the piece is, <laughs> I'll call a friend and be like, okay, Hey, what do you think of this? Or can you try this? And, um, I, it's, it's very cool to be able to have a support network of people that I know I can trust and I can reach out to for ideas. And they give me very honest, um, feedback about sort of what, what that piece is or, or what it entails. Mm, nice. I love that. I cannot wait to hear um, this, this new piece. Um, and I know you, um, the Windborne piece, I've seen on mm -hmm. Facebook and everything. Uh, yeah, the Facebook. We've gotten to that. <laughs> uh, so tell us about that piece. Um, I know it's a big consortium piece. Yeah, so uh, Windborne is, is going to be my fifth concerto, um, and I'm collaborating with a horn player by the name of Stephen Cohen, and we've been friends for a few years, and this has been in the works for a while. Um, it just recently kind of took off once we pulled in a couple of groups to be able to lead this whole consortium, um, but I've actually written a movement of this piece. This I, I wrote movement one last year, and just I, I haven't touched the piece since last year, but when, when we initially talked about this, um, I already began writing it and had the concept in mind, and so um, so basically I just have to write movements two and three, and uh, which will hopefully be done pretty soon, and then it's going to premiere next year. But it's going to deal with basically there's a relative in uh, my family on my mom's side that used to be an aerospace engineer and a stress analyst for a major um airline company back in the 1950s to the 1990s which which is like a thing we recently discovered about our family and me being like i originally wanted to be an aerospace engineer <laughs> at one point in my life but i kind of chose music as my path i feel like that's a story in like our um in our family that hasn't been told and so um i'm just really excited that this is kind of the medium where i do get to tell this um this this kind of story, which is going to be really cool, and so it's a it's a horn concerto with wind ensemble, and um, I think by this point I've almost done all the brass instruments as far as <laughs> concerto because there's euphonium, tuba, um, yeah, euphonium, tuba, wind ensemble, horn, trombones coming. So so we're we're almost through it all. Oh yeah, trumpet. Yeah. So so yeah, we yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so. I'm very excited about this piece. I, I hope it's well received next year and uh, we'll see how it, uh, how it all goes. It's going to be fantastic. Just like everything else that you do yes. is fantastic. You are a just Thank wonderful you. person. We love talking with you. Yes. Um, we uh, hopefully will get to see you in person. I know we said that yes. the last time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I didn't even just 
change location. Right, then he changed he location. Because we were in Athens last weekend. We, we were ready. There. And so, you know what? <laughs> you're coming to Miami, you better be there. <laughs> he's going to be he gonna be Please. Right. He's going to be in LA booked again. <laughs> so, I'm just Not saying. LA. <laughs> but we're probably, it's going to be fantastic. We're going to tear down a city. Tear it down. <laughs> Right yes, I would love to hang. Y'all are amazing, and it's always a thrill to talk to y'all. And congrats once again on the GMEA conference um, presentation. That is super exciting. And if I can, I'll see if 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 maybe I can be there. We'll see. I I gotta oh, check and see. Yeah, and come on, we would love it. So, but thank you so much, and it's been a pleasure talking with you. And let us like let the audience know where they can follow you and everything, Absolutely. so they can continue on your journey with you. Sure thing. So yes, you can um, go to my website. It's Kevin Day Music at Gmail. Oh no, that's my email. KevinDayMusic.com is my website. KevinDayMusic at Gmail.com is my is my email address. Um, you can just go to Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. Uh, um, at Kevin Day Music is the um, whatever it's called, the nameplate for the thing. Yeah, just reach out to me. It's at, at, um, at Kevin Day Music, and uh, yes, I'd love to connect. So. And he responds too. He does. That's important. He responds. <laughs> no shame. Yes. I try to respond. I try to respond. Yeah, he <laughs> so, he's a little booked and busy for the next couple of years, but. Great. Thank you. And to our audience, I hope you enjoy our last Summer yeah. Spotlight series. Uh, the what summer, a great way to end it. Great way to end it. We'll be back for season two. Woo. Stay tuned for more <laughs> announcements on that. Bye, y'all. Bye. Bye-bye.